And now the scripture reading from Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 15, where we find Jesus teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And now turning to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35, we hear this. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their master, all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May he add his blessing to it as we consider it this evening. Well, we've been considering the various petitions of the Lord's Prayer together, and here we find the fifth petition in this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, which is all about forgiveness. And we'll see tonight that God calls on those who have been forgiven to forgive others in response. It's quite simple, but it is so important that as Christians, we believe that we have been forgiven by God all our sin, in order that we might forgive others. And here Jesus shows us that the evidence someone has truly received God's forgiveness for their own sins is when that person is a forgiving person towards others who have sinned against him or her or have done wrong to them. And that's what Jesus means here in Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15, when he says there that the Father will not forgive you unless you forgive others. He's saying, essentially, don't assume that your sins 
are truly forgiven if you are unable to forgive other people. Because those who are full of God's forgiveness, who have truly received his forgiveness, are those who in return pour out forgiveness towards others. Now, in order to understand this petition and what Jesus is teaching us, we're going to consider and lean in a bit more into that parable that we heard from Matthew chapter 18 about this unforgiving servant. And first, I want you to notice that Jesus gives this story with a lesson as a response to the Apostle Peter's question. You know, Peter, as we know, he was the kind of guy that spoke up and asked what everyone else was thinking. He was the one that was bold enough to ask it. And here he says, Jesus, you know, how many times do we have to forgive another person? How many times do I have to forgive my brother when he comes to me asking for forgiveness? And Peter thought he had the answer. He suggests what perhaps the answer is seven times. And that was actually a pretty generous position from Peter because the Jewish teachers of the day said that three times was sufficient. Forgive him three times and after that, no more. And so Peter is going a little beyond that. But Jesus shocks him. No, not seven, but 77 times seven which basically means don't keep count, just keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. And to prove this point, he gives this story, this story in which we find the king, this king settling accounts with his servants. And the king here obviously represents God himself and his servants are all humans, which would include us. And the settling of accounts, what does that refer to? Well, that speaks of the day of judgment after death when we will have to settle our accounts with God. And we should pause here and let me say this. Don't wait. Don't wait to settle your account with God after you die. If you do, it will not go well with you. Why? Because like this servant here who was brought to his master, to his king, you too have a massive debt with God, if you are not with faith in Christ. Look at verse 24 to see how massive his debt was. He had a debt of 10,000 talents, it says. Now, a talent was a monetary unit that was worth the salary of 20 years of labor for an average worker. That would be $600,000 dollars in today's currency and so you multiply that by 10 and it equals about six billion dollars in today's currency just think of that how much debt this servant had in the story it was massive and people hearing this story like peter well they would have been shocked to hear of this massive debt what was jesus showing peter and those who are listening what's he showing to us Well, he's letting us in on a reality that not all of us acknowledge and that none of us fully acknowledges. This reality that in terms of moral character or in terms of merit, we might say, we are worse in worse debt with God than we can even imagine. Our debt is far deeper, far more in the red with God than we would care to think or imagine. As far as merit goes, we are all way deep in red with God. And your good deeds do not outweigh your bad deeds, not even close. 
how so? How, how might we think of that and lean into that, understand that a bit more? We have to know who our God is and see our sin in light of his majesty and his splendor and his holiness and the fact that he is all-knowing as well. Our all-knowing creator has an exact record of every evil deed done. Every sin done against God puts us at debt with him, our creator. And so know this, that before the king of kings, each of us here has an account, a personal account with God. You have a personal account with your creator, God. And he has a record in that account of every self-centered action you made from your youth to this very present moment. A record of every careless word that came off your lips that hurt another person. A record of every bad desire bubbling in your heart that you chose to follow. God knows it all and he sees it all. Now you might be good at keeping your life private and you might stay hidden from other people, but you are out in the open, naked and exposed before the almighty king, our creator, our God. And after death, you will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. The author of Hebrews says, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So the question is, how can anyone settle that debt with God? Well, first off, Jesus shows us that we deserve punishment for this debt that we have with God and that we cannot ourselves pay off this debt by our own doing. The king first calls for justice with his servant in the parable, punishment for the servant to pay off his massive debt. The servant deserved to lose everything, his wife, his children, and everything he owned. And in Jesus' day, everyone would have concluded, yeah, that's fair. That was a massive debt. This guy is lucky that he wasn't thrown into prison or executed by this guy. Well, that's one way of settling your debt with God, facing God apart from Christ, facing God in his full justice and trying to pay off your debt. That results in an eternity in hell, separated from all good things in this life that we enjoy. That is what we deserve. That is what would be fair. That would be justice. But look at what happens in the story. In verse 26, the servant pleads with the king. And notice what he says. The servant says to the king, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. So based on that response, that pleading of the servant, how did he hope to settle his debt with the king? He planned on getting the money back. Just give me some time and I'll make amends. I'll fix this myself. I will do right by you. I can win the money back and make my debt cleared with you. Now, is that the correct response from this servant? No. Why? It was impossible. He should have admitted that his debt was way too big for him to pay off. Instead of asking for patience and time to work it out on his own, he should have begged the king for his mercy and his forgiveness. And this response here from the servant shows that he thought he could buy back the king's favor by his own good works. 
But he was wrong. Surprisingly, though, despite how wrong he was, surprisingly, how did the king respond to his pleading in verse 27? It says, And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. The king showed him pity. He chose not to exact the punishment that the servant deserved, but instead to release his servant from that punishment. He forgave him the massive debt of ten talents. In other words, the king was willing to take on that massive loss, again, equivalent of six billion dollars today, without even punishing the servants at all. And remember, that's not what the servant wanted or asked for. The servant asked for patience so that he could work it off. But instead, the king gave him mercy. Mercy without even asking the servant to lift a finger in order to earn it. He gave it freely. This was not a second chance in order to make things right. This was lavish grace from six billion in the red to zero with a simple declaration, I forgive you. And his debt was entirely canceled. And that's a second shock of this story, this parable from Jesus. The first shock to the hearers was that massive debt that this servant had. Now, the second shock is perhaps even bigger, the massive grace of this king. We see that our sins are immeasurably great, but God's grace is immeasurably greater still. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 4 says this, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. You see, God's great forgiveness should stop us in our tracks and make us tremble before the majesty of his goodness, mercy, and grace, filled with the fear of his forgiving heart. And this is the good news of the gospel, that we are in worse debt with God than we could ever imagine. And yet God is willing to generously forgive us all our debt with him if we only accept his love with a believing heart. As we heard this morning, God himself entered into this world as a servant in order to forgive us all our sins. And Christmas is about the Lord himself who became a servant to pay the full price of justice by suffering in our place. This is how the king can forgive and still be just, both the just and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus Christ. By his wounds, you can be healed. By the cost of his blood shed for sinners like you, your debt with God can be settled and forgiven without you having to lift a finger if you only accept his forgiveness with a believing heart. Jesus is saying that the forgiveness that God gives is not something that you can earn by paying God back. You don't need his patience and time in order to turn your life around and pay him back. That's not what he wants from you. You can't buy your way out of debt with God, either by money or by good works. Your debt is too big. With God. No matter what you do, you can't earn God's forgiveness. But that's the good news. You don't have to earn it. God offers a full pardon for all your sins in Jesus' name, free of charge. 
Every sin, every failure, every mistake, every wrong, all of your six billion sins and counting, forgiven, canceled, and no longer held against you, with no condemnation over you, but only his grace and his love poured out to you. If you just receive it with a believing heart. But it can be hard to receive such lavish love. That's the next question. Did the servant in this story receive with his heart the forgiveness of the king? On the one hand, he did receive the legal benefit of the forgiveness of his debt. He took that benefit and went out free from that debt hanging over him. But he didn't really receive it with his heart. And that's what Jesus' point is here. How do we know that? Well, that forgiveness, had he received it with his heart, would have humbled him to his core. Thankfulness and mercy should have welled up inside of him. He should have left the king as a man full of mercy because the king had shown him so much mercy. But clearly, the servant didn't receive God's or the king's forgiveness in his heart because the forgiveness of his death didn't make him into a forgiving person. The servant who was forgiven his massive debt, what what do we find him doing? We find him going around demanding payment and restitution from others for their relatively small debts in comparison to his massive debt that was forgiven him. The unchanged heart of the servant here comes out very clearly in verse 28. In verse 28, we read, But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is about $12,000. Think of that in comparison to the $6 billion debt that he had. And seizing him, he began to choke him. What? Choking this guy? Saying, pay what you owe. And then basically the servant throws the guy in prison, even after he asked the servant for mercy and patience, just as he had done with the king. Wrong had been done to the servant. There was a true debt against the servant. And so he demanded payment. But unlike the king, instead of showing pity, the servant punished him. Instead of forgiving him, he chose personal vengeance against this man. What was wrong with this servant? Well, he didn't forgive, which was the evidence that he himself had not received in his heart the forgiveness of the king. His heart was left unchanged. And Jesus is showing us again something very important and also practical for us here tonight, that you won't be able to truly forgive others until you first Receive the forgiveness of God in your heart. As the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so the more that you take in God's forgiveness of all your sins by faith, the more you are filled up with his love and mercy poured out to you, then the more you then will be able to pour that forgiveness, love and mercy out to others in your life. Those who have been forgiven much are those who love much. Those who know forgiveness in their heart are those who show love and forgiveness to others in their life. And again, 
The evidence that someone has received God's full forgiveness in their heart is that they forgive others from their heart. This means that if you are not currently able to forgive someone who has done you some wrong or harm, if instead you wish to, in a sense, choke that person out, you wish to see them suffer to pay you back in some personal way, then in a true sense, you need to ask if you have actually received the forgiveness of God yourself. In Christ, God's people are a forgiven people, which makes them a forgiving people, period. God's people must be a forgiving people as those who have been forgiven so much. And that's why Jesus is teaching us here in this Lord's Prayer that we should regularly ask God to forgive us our sins, even as we remind ourselves to forgive others. Just to break this down a little bit more practically here at the close, that if you are currently having a hard time forgiving someone, maybe a relative, a family member, or a co-worker, etc., if you're having a hard time releasing that bitterness and anger and desire for personal vengeance, then what you need to do is to ask God to deepen your awareness, deepen your understanding in your heart of how much he has forgiven you in Christ. Because the more your heart knows God's forgiveness, then the more you will be able to wholeheartedly forgive others. May God enable us by his spirit to forgive as we have been forgiven in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we are reminded again this evening of how you sent your one and only Son into this world to take on our human nature. He who has given the name Jesus because it was his purpose and mission to forgive us our sins and in so doing save his people from misery and death. Lord, We do ask and pray that you would deepen our understanding and our knowledge of the forgiveness that we have received from you, O God, through the the price of Jesus' own shed blood for us. And fill us up, O Lord, with gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts for all the forgiveness we have received so that we might pour out towards others around us forgiveness, mercy, and grace. Lord, as those who have been forgiven, make us a forgiving people. By your spirit we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.